Next gas station, 65 miles. We can 50 make to, it. 50 to empty. Are you daring me? I, I think we can make it. Universe, are you daring me? The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Uh, the cover story is Fitness to Dive. That's what it You can fitness. If you can you're fitness, fit, you got the fitness to die. You can only go. You know what can you say about fitness? Get in shape. Stay in some semblance of shape. There. Episode done. Hey everybody, welcome back to. The... Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here with your 2020 vision having. <laughs> Host James E. <laughs> 2020 your, with your other host, yeah. old Brando. Old Brando. And uh, how's everybody doing out there with their uh, New Year's resolutions? They're all at the gym. They're all at the I, gym uh, listening to the Great Dive Podcast. While yeah, so if you're you're sitting there at the gym uh, on your stair stepper listening to the Great Dive Podcast or ellipticaling <laughs> your way to a, a healthy 2020, we we right. are here to <laughs> help you along. They're just sitting on that rowing machine or that stationary bicycle, right? Pissing people <laughs> off because they're listening, not exercising. Yes, and that place has got to be packed. It's hard right to now. it's it's, it's, it's hard to stay balanced on that treadmill when you're laughing. When you're laughing, when you're yes, to the old great death podcast. But we hope your uh, breathing pattern has improved since last week's episode. Hopefully, a little meditation. Yeah, yeah. I hope you hope you yogurt. got into that nice mental yoga groove before you got on that cardio machine that you're on or grabbing those <laughs> dumbbells and ripping out some reps of ripping out the reps baby <laughs> but in talking about breathing you know i was looking up some more um fitness stuff to start the year off with but i found a really cool article that i i liked even better from an old dan alert diver magazine one of those that, that stack of uh, how old yeah. from ninety nine. Oh, is that one that I gave you? Okay. You gave me, yeah. <laughs> so this is from ninety nine. I'm glad they're going to good use. I had those uh, just boxes and boxes. I did keep. I kept about six boxes of magazines hey, you, you that got, I wanted. Yeah, you got the couple of those those, those cool old. Tech yeah, the ones. tech ones that just started that came and went real quick. Okay, so alert diver. From September October nineteen ninety nine, so right on the cover is an is a it's an article, uh, or the cover story is fitness to dive. That's what kind of caught my attention. Can you fitness? If you can you, fitness, you, if you can fitness, fit, you got the fitness to dive. If you can fitness what to? <laughs> okay, so health and fitness and scuba diving. But then what caught my eye that I got reading was this other article called Breathless. Have you ever run out of gas? And what is a more fun way to get the year started off with? 
telling people how uh, they need to get into better shape or talking about the holy grail of scuba emergencies. The holy grail. Yes. I think that's more fitting, way much more fitting. You can only go, you know, what can you say about fitness? Get in shape. Stay in some semblance of shape. There. Episode done. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> you now, week. running out of gas, that's a different... We can talk about that. We can talk about that. How does it happen, is the thing? How does it happen? Well, that's the question, right? So uh, that is posed by Dan Orr. Dan or who? Of Dan or somebody else. These jokes just it's never. <laughs> written by Dan Orr, the then vice president and COO of Divers Alert Network. He was at a conference and, and the question was posed, like, how in the hell, and at the time. This day and 1990, age. 1999 even. But even then, like with all the technology that was in scuba with dive computers and beeping dive computers and flashing dive computers, tracking your air and air integrated dive computers with all the warnings that could come at you. How is it possible that people could still run out of air? Well, it goes to me, goes to a lot of what our old friend Gareth Locke says. It's, it's more of a, uh, the approach and mindset and thinking. It's not due to catastrophic failure. I don't. Th- I don't think there's really. And I, off the top of my head, I don't know of like okay, catastrophic failure. That's really you know a story that there's to blame for the out of gas. You know, barring a couple free flows, that kind of thing, or O ring failures. But even then, you, it's a sl- it's slower than many people think, and you you know you're going to be running low, so you beat feet. Right. But uh, I think it's they get low once or twice. They respond, they get back up, and they're like, oh, we had plenty of gas. So now the new bar is, well, if that thing goes off, you know, the alarm goes off, the warning goes off, I'm down to 700, I'm at 120 feet. I'm still good. We, we, we shot it. <laughs> I'm all right. We, we, we I got, got a, a few, uh, I got like three or four minutes. Yeah. I know I can get back on the boat, and I'll still have 300 it's, left in my tank. Yeah. I could have used that down there and had some fun for 30 seconds or more. Isn't that the the crazy thing that boy you, you still hear like people who yeah. who get out of the water with like two hundred psi and they're kind of pissed it's that they got pulled out of the water too yeah. soon like I still two hundred psi could have used dumbass. Well, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call him a dumbass like you. you I would. call everybody. I do. Like, I do. I just <laughs> dumb <laughs> dumbass. I have become what's a, the father on that seventies show? <laughs> dumbass. You're just a dumbass. Because uh, I understand that that was put into their head as like an acceptable way of thinking for, uh, for so long. People ultimately got to step up and take some responsibility. I don't know who's telling them like getting back on the boat and having two hundred or three hundred or even five hundred. Every goddamn dive master in the in the world. Well, it's telling them to be on the boat with five hundred. Yeah, that's right. I I know. I get, I get that, but I still don't. I mean, that's still all like, they're you doing go on is a dive trip, doing what it, they're told. It's, I guess, yeah. It's ingrained. Which is no thought. It's ingrained in the the minds of the dive professionals out there that hey, everybody's got to be back on the boat with five hundred yeah. psi. That's the that's the 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 safety net that they're giving. Right. So that thinking that that's going to be enough. Of a, of a directive directive to tell somebody <laughs> that's going to make sure that yeah. they don't run out of air so they don't have to worry about an air sharing emergency. 
It, it's it, bizarro. I mean, and, and coming and looking at it from our point of view now, especially, and the reason I say that is, you know, haven't always thought this way. I've, I have always thought there's something wrong with the scuba education system. I will give myself that credit, but I haven't always dived the way I do. And, right, and, nor nor me. Right, and, and, I came. I so, came to this revelation yes. at some point too. Like you would hope like, that more people would would have that light bulb go off. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, you have to take some responsibility for yourself. Not just take the orders from these quote unquote dive professionals. That's what I get at all the time. With the state of the education system is basically you know not just in scuba. It's basically nationwide and probably worldwide. Which is do as we tell you. Don't ask questions. Move on to the next thing. Well, and they take don't it, think they yeah. take it as like this written in stone right. gospel of of a very well thought out and it's and, and it's, it's exactly it's just, the opposite. Exactly, <laughs> it's not a very well thought out system. As a matter of fact, you would you would really benefit yourself if you were in that class. And if the, we have newer divers listening or divers who are going to take some more training or whatnot. If you're going in a class and they're giving you the gas plan that is the normal gas plan, which is be on the boat or be back up topside with 500 PSI in your tank. Well, what does that mean? How can you... It doesn't mean... doesn't she, tell me what no. to do, when, where, and, and how, what. Right, yeah. You got to work it backwards and say, how much gas should I be using? What do I have to have in reserve at the furthest part of my dive kind of thing, you know? At least for the furthest part of my planned dive. What should I have on me? Yeah, because the problem with the 500 PSI rule is it doesn't give you the more important yeah, when to leave questions. <laughs> when, yeah, when, you gotta, when can't I be at 100 feet anymore is right. the real question that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And does that give me gas for my partner? Because you actually whoa, are the partner whoa, of the whoa, other whoa, partner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you're the partner of your partner. I think of somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Well, the others, I mean, like I say, the inverse of that is they have to think of you. And sometimes you have to be the one thinking of yourself when you tell your partner, listen, you need to leave enough gas for me and you because if I have an issue. Yeah, we both have to reciprocate this. Right. We have to make it together. Yeah. You ass hand. Dumbass. I'm sorry. I try, try to shake it up a little. <laughs> ass hat, ass clown, ass face, dumbass. Some variants of ass and maybe an anatomy or... An adjective to describe your Lack of intellect. <laughs> <laughs> During this past year, I attended a presentation at a dive consumer show in which the speaker addressed the topic of why and how divers run out of air. The speaker asked if anyone could give a good explanation of how, considering all the modern technology available to us, divers could neglect to know in advance that they were running out of air. Well, I'm not going to say it was aliens. <laughs> But it was probably aliens. That's how. Everyone was silent. <laughs> I'm Quite- try- Can we, do you think I could do a whole episode where it's just memes? I could do memes. <laughs> we could try. Everyone was silent. Quite simply, no one could or was willing to explain how that could happen. The speaker then asked how many people in the audience had ever run out of gas in their cars on the highway. A few reluctantly raised their hands. I have a wife. Who is this? issue she hasn't done it I well mean, she hasn't she run just, out in a while she's grown accustomed to you always filling up the gas tank no. so that it's always this wasn't a grown accustomed to this is before we were dating i can remember sitting uh talking to my buddy dan jansen on his porch 
we're just yapping. He lived near the high school. And there goes my my wife had a cool '74 uh, Monte Carlo burgundy with that white Landau leather roof. Oh yeah, and white leather buckets, oh. Captain Swivel buckets, so oh. you could swivel to get out. It was and it was jacked up, white leather tires. Oh. Her brother's a hot rod dude, so he yeah. built it for her basically at a 354 barrel. The thing hauled, it flew, but I remember it sucked gas, you know. Got a well, yeah, barrel. yeah. Uh, so she's driving down the road, and, and uh, I see her driving by, and, you know, we're friends. We're not dating at this point. We're friends. She's in the locker next to me. I've known her since I was, you know, nine years old. So I wave at her. She waves out the window, and, like, 150 feet past Dan's house is a stop sign. <laughs> she runs out of gas right there. Uh, and that was like the beginning. That was the beginning of the out of gas you issues. See, you, you she never ran out of gas like going to, you know, let's go back to Makeout Bay or wherever the hell. She doesn't run out of gas there for me. She runs out of, she actually really runs out of gas. <laughs> and, and that was just the beginning. Her dad still makes fun of her. Like, she pushes it. That's the thing is, she pushes it. I think that that's a personality thing. And what she does, it just keeps pushing me, keeps poking and pushing a little bit further, a little bit further. How far can I get this guy to go before? But, yeah, she always, even with today's cars, you know, you get the lights, you got you how many miles till empty, blah, blah, blah. She goes, that's just an estimate. I'm going to keep pushing it. After 35, it stops telling you. She goes, I can go further. I can do that. I'm like... When it's 10 below yeah. out, this is not 50, the time to push this. 50 miles till empty. Hey, you, you've got that warning. Right? <laughs> exactly. I can get 52. I can, I can get 52. That we can make it. I can't count on all my fingers and toes how often this goes on. And I'm just like, next we, gas we station. just can go and get gas. But we don't. <laughs> next gas station, 65 miles. <laughs> we can 50 make it. 50 to empty. Are you daring me? <laughs> I think we can make it. Universe, are you daring me? <laughs> Well, there you go. For some inexplicable reason, divers do run out of air, and unfortunately, all too frequently, what are the reasons? We know that a significant number of divers experience out-of-air situations underwater, resulting in rapid ascents or worse. In Dan's most recent report on decompression illness and diving fatalities, 18.3% of the fatalities reported on were directly attributed to insufficient air supply. How can this happen, he asks. How? And then he goes on to, to list a couple of different reasons that divers run out of air. And the well, first one... Go, before, no, I, what go I was gonna, I'm sorry to interrupt you, because you and I, we go diving together on the charter boats. We like to do this. Go out on recreational charters, Great Lakes. Sometimes we'll know many of the divers. Sometimes we don't know any of them. But on nearly every single one, we, I mean, and we're both instructors, so we look at people's gas gauges out of instant, out of just, it's in our blood now, you know, you're, you're always looking at your other diver's gas gauges. Right. Um, it's one of the first things I look at when I see another diver, especially if I can't see it, I kind of try to manipulate my way. Right. Anyway, how often do we see people that it are down me. at a hundred feet or more and there they are with like... 400 yeah and they're still just it shocks do, me. Do, 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 do. and a lot of times they're just what by themselves the where's their partner like, you, what the hell are you doing I, what I is going like, on yeah exactly yeah i, I see that all the time i i, I see I, you I, 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 people... james is a lot more force uh, what's the word he he'll go up and tell you 
you know, tap you and say, you, get out, get the fuck out of here. Well, <laughs> Your I, gas. Well, I've done that before. To yeah, people. I know. I, I watched people. you. I'm I ain't going to name names. I've but, yeah. had people's gauges and like, <laughs> I, I, I put my sticker right in their face like, What's what are with you doing? You? <laughs> what are you doing right now? Are you serious? What? <laughs> what? I well, still have. Because well, I know otherwise in five minutes, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to have to go over If I get up on the surface ass. and there's 200 PSI in my tank, I want to feel like I, you ripped me off for some time, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, this is reason number one that he lists is that very thing, being distracted. You're an idiot. No. Distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're a dumbass. <laughs> what are some reasons that divers run out of air? Yeah. Number one, you're an idiot. You're, you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's he has being distracted. Divers are distracted or focused on something about the dive and neglect to keep track of their air or gas supply. Managing your air supply underwater can and probably should be a two-person operation. After all, I am diving with a buddy, and I certainly want to know what is happening to my buddy's air supply during the dive so that my buddy and I are not surprised. I enjoy pleasant surprises as much as the next dive. But one thing I don't enjoy is my buddy's wild gesturing that he wants my air when he squandered his own. Therefore, periodically, my buddy and I communicate, letting each other know how much air remains. Yeah. Critical. Goes but, I, but, I, but I think this is the, the majority of the people out there. This is yeah, the reason why there's the out of air, right? It's just a complete unawareness. Lack of awareness. Yep, yeah. exactly. Right. And he makes a really good point of a lot of people are taught about gas management, especially nowadays in uh, you know, 2020 yeah. compared to 1999. I think it's, it's better. It's, oh, it's better, but it's not great. But what's still rarely taught by most education out there is my awareness of your gas. Right. Oh, yeah. That's uh, basically my gas is your gas. I mean, exactly. Yeah. If you start approaching it with that mindset, I think you have a little bit more, I don't know, what's the word, uh, aptness to be, you know, looking at your partner's gas and having an idea of where their gas is as well. I mean, I know you, well, you and I dive together quite a bit, so our gas is almost exactly the same. Almost every time we're, we're within three PSI. I'm kidding. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're within like... I remember that one time we were five we were, PSI off and I was, I was like, like, what the what's hell? Wrong? What's wrong? You don't love me anymore? <laughs> exactly. Is that and where we are now? That's where we're at. Uh, but the uh, knowing where your partner's gas is 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 pretty damn important. The the problem arises though is if you're buddied up with somebody new. You know, Correct. you go alone to a, a dive. Yeah, it's, charter. Whatnot. It is a little bit of a luxury that you and I have, mm-hmm. knowing that you know that I'm carrying your gas, right? And I know that you're carrying my gas, right? right? Whereas if you do just are that you know typical single diver showing up on a boat and you want to go get in the water and you know you're going to get buddied up with somebody that doesn't share that thinking right and i mean this goes to getting buddied up with somebody is you you have no idea the can of worms you'd be getting into right right somebody who doesn't pay attention to the gas somebody who sucks down their gas real quick now how many stories have you heard because i've heard a lot of divers going someplace you know, they'll ask us for recommendations. You know, Charter, you know this. I'm going by myself. 
I'm going to try to reach out to them. Maybe they can buddy me up with somebody good or whatever. But they get there and they get buddied oh, up yeah, with he's somebody. Real. This guy's real good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, yeah. they get buddied up with somebody they don't know, and then oh, yeah, yeah. their dive ends after ten minutes because this guy's a vacuum, you know. Uh, sure, but I, I would like even that. I would even go so far as to say that I would rather dive with an air sucking hog that knew how to plan his gas and end the dive in five minutes mm-hmm. with a logical reserve put in place. Knowing that if we did have a problem, we still have the gas to get home and then get back on the boat and tell the dive master, hey, man, you buddied me up with this guy. I got a five minute dive. Mm-hmm. We need to make a change rather than somebody who's in the water with somebody with great air consumption that I get an hour mm-hmm. dive with. And then at the end, he goes, holy shit, I just used it all. <laughs> I'm out of gas and have an emergency like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say the lesser of two evils, but yeah, you're right. I'd rather just be buddied up with somebody who's good on gas, who was aware. <laughs> you forgot that choice. You put it in there. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you yeah. know the, and then you go, well, what's your other option? Well, I'm just going to hire the dive master. Yeah. Right? I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to pay the extra fee to hire a dive master with me. Oh. But then you look at so many times. I mean, the dive master's stretching his bottle down to 200. Right. Because he's and they've thinking got he's six doing, people. Yes. He's thinking he's doing a favor to everybody. Like, not, I'm going to yeah. stay down in the water so that we can, uh, I can show him every last yeah. frogfish on this reef. Right. And then, like, he's down the longest, sucking that bottle that, to near empty. It's like, Whoa. If anything went wrong with any one yeah, of these strangers, doing, yeah, how are they going to fix that? The pre-dive planning should also include discussion of the point when the dive may be called due to a declining amount of air. Once that decision is made, no changes should be made. Right? Once you once you hit that critical gas volume, it's done. Right. Rock bottom, baby. Yeah. And there there it was in 1999. Basically, there it was. And not even in a a small faction. I mean, this no. is in. A publication to the entire dive industry uh-huh. throughout the world. No agency affiliation. Just saying, listen, you reach a certain point, there's no discussion. This is, we, we turn the dive and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Additionally, a diver's pre-entry check should make sure that all equipment functions as it should. This includes ensuring the air supply is on. It may sound like common sense, but as someone once quipped, common sense is an uncommon virtue. Albert Einstein. <laughs> Does that? Harry S. Truman. <laughs> well, um, I mean, how many how many times do you see people just jump in the water assuming that their tank valve's on? Right. Assuming that their alternate air source didn't come out of its holder when they jumped in the water. or Do no or, checks. They jump they, in and go. They just yeah. go in and go with, with full assumption and trust mm-hmm. that everything's where it is and working. And, um, and then that same diver, you know, is... So excited to be on the dive because they paid a bunch of money, did a big trip. Uh, they're so mm-hmm. excited, you know, that the school arrays swam by. They're so excited to see the splendid toadfish that splendid. they finally got to see, right? <laughs> or, or whatever the case is. They're so focused on the the viewfinder of their camera that yeah. they are completely distracted from the fact that you're underwater, breathing a limited amount of gas. Right. And the one thing you should be of utmost importance to you is <laughs> it's the amount of gas you got. Yes, it's yeah. it's not getting underwater pictures. No. It's surviving, breathing underwater. 
and if I get some pictures along the way, that's part of it. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the it, ben- that's, that's the benefit. That's yeah. the fringe benefit. I that's guess. The, whatever. That's the cool thing that I get by being a smart diver yeah. is I get some underwater yeah. photos mm-hmm. versus I'm going to get some underwater photos at all costs, <laughs> exactly. whatever it costs. Cost me my life to have that splendid toadfish or frogfish or whatever fish. Now, another one that he gives us is entrapment. Divers generally, without the appropriate training, have entered overhead environments like caverns and caves only to discover that they are unable to locate the exit. They quite literally spend the rest of their lives watching their pressure gauges go to zero. Now, to me, that's like a hard way to go out, man. Brutal, man. That's a... As a diver, I'm like, why? Right, right. I mean, that's like... It's avoidable, isn't it? I mean... I know there there have been instances. It's frightening to, yeah. to, to think of that, of being in that situation. Right. And if it's of your own doing, like if you're a going in somewhere mm-hmm. without a adequate guideline to get home. Adequate training. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and that goes right to shame on you. And, yeah, and, dumbass. And, right. Like mm-hmm. going into a shipwreck with just assuming that you're going to find your way out. Mm-hmm. And then running out of gas and dying. It's like, dude, what were you thinking? That's not the time to learn. That I, is not see, a good I, learning environment. I can see yeah. that you you go in with the appropriate equipment and gas, and the whole entire ship collapses in on you, and you're trapped in there. Yeah. Okay, boy, that it's like you're, cave dive. Yeah, you remember card, the story we told yeah, yeah, of? Uh, okay, your card got pulled. I get it. That yeah. sucks. That's very very unfortunate. But that's totally different than just swimming into a cave. Doodly with, no doodly do, with no training, with no equipment, and breaking rules that we've known for decades, decades, decades. Yes, how to do this, how to do it safely, and uh, make sure you come back. At Dan and within Alert Diver, we often discuss a diver's personal safety envelope. Always dive within your personal safety envelope. Your training and experience define your individual safety envelope. When you dive outside of that envelope, you are putting yourself and your buddy at risk. You said envelope a whole lot there. I was thinking the same thing. He's like, he's got a lot of envelopes in this sentence. Is it a self-addressed stamped envelope is my question. That's that's the important question. Uh, No, but it is. That's important. That's important right there. You got to set up parameters to dive within you don't just willy-nilly jump in the water and uh you see an open door on a ship and you start going into it that's not smart especially if you have no training right in a single tank in a single rag correct you know i mean you've got a spare air though well (laughs) the ad said (laughs) things saved my life yes i got a pony bottle well I mean, entrapment's definitely a real thing. I mean, a real right. hazard underwater if you're going to go into that type of diving where that becomes a possibility. But that, there's reasons why there's a different level of gas planning when mm-hmm. you're going to go into that environment. Exactly. Uh, right? and and getting, you, you can't use your thinking of cruising along a 30-foot reef right, for when you try to swim inside of a shipwreck in 100 well, plus feet of water. Isn't the inside of a shipwreck just a 30-foot reef, but in a shipwreck? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the entrapment thing, although it's in the back of your mind, as I started diving in caves and shipwrecks and overhead environments, even in commercial school where we were crawling in pipes, that idea of getting stuck in there for whatever reason, 
who knows what could happen. Your mind starts wandering while you're you're in a little tiny, you know, yeah, as, <laughs> crevice. As well, as well it should, right? <laughs> you start going, you know, what if I can't turn around? What if I can't? What yeah. if the, it just caves in on me? But you find out that's the least, that's like really a rare thing that will happen. But you do know what to look for when you have a little bit of training and experience. You know, like the ship, the ship is rusting out and caving in on itself. Well, yeah, it might not be yes, a so good so time to go in it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Or you're looking at, wow, this is a lot of stuff I could get tangled up in. Exactly. Yeah. As I approach it. Not blindly, <laughs> hoping I don't get tangled up in anything. Right. I'm going to weave my way through there. And a lot of people don't take into, you know, we've been diving around lines and in small places. And we know how hard it is, even with really good buoyancy control and trim and propulsion techniques, how hard it is to avoid those lines on your tank valves and anything sticking out. And the average recreational diver is a mess. I mean, they are a mess when it comes to streamlining and and being able to maneuver through those little tiny places with all kinds of shit hanging around and, them. Yeah, and, and if you've got good finesse, there's places that are difficult mm-hmm. to navigate. Much through. less having shit. Finesse. And then if you're just you know, just a random, you <laughs> yeah. got uh, you know just flapping away underwater. Your gauge console like yeah. hanging out with a the octo trailing thirty-eight inch hose, yeah. octo trailing behind yeah. you. You got your split uh, fins are a flapping. Your snorkels your, there. Your, your gauge retractor <laughs> yes. device is like yanking and pulling, and you got a bungee cord, uh, mm-hmm. a, a swirly, snappy coil on your camera bouncing around. One of those like, little thin wires. And you go, yeah, those gonna, things are great. I'm gonna go swim through this. <laughs> I'm gonna swim. The little thin wire that's holding on to your your gauge console. Yeah. Yeah, that right there is like an invitation to get kind of get stuck. Yeah, which le- leads mm-hmm. us like all that stuff leads us to the next one he talks about, which is equipment problems. Which he says, even though equipment malfunctions are rare, occasionally the equipment cannot withstand the demands of the dive. Deep diving involves a significant increase in gas density. If the diver does not choose an appropriate regulator, the result could be an increased workload in breathing and the feeling of not being able to get enough air. Over-breathing the reg, yeah. And yeah. You're, it's, the only reason you're over-breathing the reg is because your CO2 is up and your it's making you, want to, and, yeah, yeah. making you want to breathe faster than... And I don't think you, you actually are over-breathing the reg. That's kind of a misnomer. If you ask me, because the problem isn't that you're not getting enough oxygen. You have way more than enough oxygen. Well, he he mentions you, right here, right? Yeah. He says, and the feeling, right, exactly, of not being able to get enough air, right? You, so you for can't people, get rid of that CO two. Right. Yeah, that's what they're misinterpreting. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's almost always the case, isn't it? Don't. That's how I feel. And when I read these reports, the person felt like they, you know, the ones that live that can come back and talk about it, said, "I, I was running out of air," and then they get back to the surface. They've got, got, you know, 1,200, 1,500 in their bottles. They've got a good reg. Yeah, something was wrong. Like I was running out of air at the bottom. Now I got 2,000 (laughs) people. My reg's perfectly fine. Hmm. If I had a a dollar for every time I heard that story. that's what I mean. I think it's more pilot error and and you're working. I bet we could probably look at these guys in the water as they bicycle kick and have 38 pounds of lead on a 7 mil wetsuit. 
It's typical. Right, I mean, yeah, it's yep, typical. Yep. And their snorkels are, are dragging <laughs> next to their head. <laughs> their split fins are flying. I'm, I'm, go- I'm making it. This is the year where I just bash snorkels and split fins. <laughs> oh, oh, this year. Oh, well, this is gonna I'm going to really year. put it out there, out front. <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make myself known for that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, don't forget people, Air McDoodles. Yeah, most people assume you, you, you from listening to the show that you love those devices. Another problem, especially for those who dive in the colder parts of the diving world, is regulator freeze up. As the diver breathes, air is reduced in pressure as it enters the first and second stages of the regulator, resulting in a lowering of temperature. If the ambient water temperature is slightly above freezing, as it could very well be below the thermocline in the summer or virtually anywhere in the water column in the winter, the result could be regulator freeze up and subsequent free flow. The diver then has to cope with too much air rather than too little. This sounds like a recap of 2019, the Great Dive Podcast. <laughs> yearly <laughs> accident series uh because i think we've talked about pretty much everything we've talked about already i mean as a podcast subject an episode haven't we i mean I'm, well you know later am in, i crazy later in this um issue they do do a shout out to the great dad podcast <laughs> he goes he says james you know, 20, brando 20 years from now there's gonna be a show it's gonna, it's gonna tell you this basically everything we said but no, there, in this um, in this issue, there's a, there's a detailed incident insight about this very thing that maybe we'll do next week. Cool. Well, all good stuff. I mean, uh, hopefully, it's starting to to cross that you know ear brain barrier and start to sink in that the, there are things that are, are more important than. I guess what I'm getting at is the the education system right now doesn't teach this stuff. Right. It's it, it shows you that. In class, hey, you can breathe from a free-flowing regulator. Yeah. But it doesn't say, you're diving cold water, you have to assume that you could have a free-flowing regulator. Mm-hmm. So we need to accordingly plan the dive with enough gas that when the free-flowing regulator occurs, both of you guys are still getting home. Right. Exactly. What happens if you have two? Yeah. Look out. Unfortunately, some divers are under the impression that they can't breathe from a free-flowing regulator. Instead, they elect to jettison the second stage and attempt emergency ascents while their air supplies quite literally bubble away within inches of their mouths. Jettison, eh? Jettison. Jettison my... I'm going to jettison my ass out of this chair when I leave. <laughs> Go jettison my car. <laughs> That's a pretty good word, though. It doesn't, doesn't get used often enough for my liking. Here's challenge. I'm going to jettison this coffee right <laughs> It's going to into my mouth. gullet. <laughs> I think we should have a, a word challenge every week. <laughs> and we issue this challenge out to our listeners that you use t- this week's word will be jettison, <laughs> jettison. Uh, three times over the next week the- in conversation, in normal conversation. You can't force it. It can't be a forced, you know, like, hey, did anybody ever, you know, fly in a jet and have to be jettisoned? From a cockpit, from being, yeah. <laughs> they can't use that. You have to use it in a normal conversation. Right. Like, I really wish I could jettison this conversation. Right, let's, <laughs> let's jettison this topic and get back <laughs> okay, to our show. On. I really wish. A diver experiencing a free-flowing regulator should immediately abort the dive, and both the diver and the buddy should execute a controlled descent. 
Under these circumstances, the depletion of a diver's remaining air can happen very quickly. The diver then should be prepared to initiate air sharing at any moment. I've right. jettisoned my no second one. stage. Prepare to initiate air sharing maneuvers. <laughs> well, yeah, because you still Over. have you still have an, the end of the dive to do, right? Well, yeah, you, <laughs> right? you're not done. <laughs> okay, we're done. Well, they uh, did used to have the old CO2 where you literally could jettison yourself right. from the situation. <laughs> Later, bitches. Remember, too, the practice of sharing air in cold water can cause regulator freeze-up, given the additional demand of air through the regulator. In a circumstance like this, divers should benefit by having a truly alternate or additional source of air rather than sharing air from a single source. In fact, go ahead, say it. Jettison. <laughs> Jettison your <laughs> pony bottles. Pony bottle hooked and, to your Air McDoodle and, and fact, a spare air. We recently received a letter from a Dan member, James Witt, calling him right out. God Dan James Witt. <laughs> Who inquired about confusion involving the term alternate air source, quote unquote. His concern was that an additional second stage is not, in reality, an alternate air source. Um, Unless your primary second stage is gone to shit. In reality, an alternate source of air. His concern was that an additional second stage is not, in reality, an alternate source of air. It may be an alternate source of air, but it is not a source of alternate air, he stated. You got that? I do get it because you want redundant air gas supply. There you go. Necessarily alternate. The real difference is in using the words alternate and additional when referring to the two. It is more of a matter of semantics, however. This situation is potentially a matter of life and death. Could be. So at the end of the day, the question is having a reserve volume of gas that you can rely on when the shit hits the fan. Right. It's that you can go to. I mean, going in like going to a spare bottle that's completely an alternate source. A redundant source, yes. With three yeah. cubic feet of gas in it. It's probably not you're gonna just <laughs> run out of gas again. That's all you're gonna do. Right. right? Now you ran, ran out, out of gas twice, once. Right. Let's make it a duo. <laughs> Let's make it a double. Right. Right. Uh, and running out of, of gas and then going to a redundant source that gives you enough to have a fast ascent to the surface, blowing off all safety stops and and necessary decompression, doesn't put you in a a, a better situation at the the end, right? Not really. Now you're you're probably, you made it, but either you embolize or you're bent up. Right. But yeah, out of the frying pan into the fire. There are better ways. There are better ways. Inefficient air sharing. There's another uh, problem. Now, we looked at this, like, remember back uh, last year, we had uh, that episode, that double trouble episode, where we, we old Paul oh, Zabulis yeah. was looking at, do we dive with a buddy or we don't dive with a buddy? Because there's all these stories of mm-hmm. the buddy in this air share actually made things worse, right? And then, like, Not when of. I have an air share, and then you come up to me and I go, ah, shit, I'm almost <laughs> out too. <laughs> What do you mean you're out of gas? I'm out of gas. What a coincidence. <laughs> We're both out of gas. You can't be out of gas when I'm out of gas. <laughs> I was we, I was planning on using yours to get home. Or it's just a matter of like the air share turns into a, a an underwater oh, a cluster. Fight, right? Uh, well, the other thing. And two people fighting for the same right. second stage. 
uh, fighting over the gas, or one person's buoyant while one person's negative, and they they start separating. Oh yeah, or I mean all the many. Or you're not on the same page, right? Yeah. Well, that when we would train people to do the gas sharing, is you have to allow time for the emergency itself. For the okay, let's get our wits about us when you're planning your gas, your emergency gas supply, or your um. Your rock bottom and your, your uh, when you're planning your your gas for an emergency or just your rock bottom or whatever, the deeper you are, the more gas you need. Period to get home, especially for two people. But you've got to plan some time to, to get your wits about yeah, yes yeah. to handle it. And a lot of times, even in the training, like you'll say, okay, we'll give you a minute, which is actually a pretty good amount of time to get your gas together. Make sure you're all cleaned up. You know which way you're going, and let's head out. Right? You got your breath back. Calm, calm down, down. Get your take, th- get yeah. your thinking under a control. A minute's yep. not a bad amount. I mean, it's not it's not three minutes. Which you might be sitting there going, "Okay, let's get the fuck out of here." Right. Uh, but it's definitely not like an unreasonably short amount of time. So you give them a minute. But what I would find training people is a lot of times if they're not experienced in training in the sense of let's share gas and let's move. They're taking five minutes. I've seen nine, 12 minutes to get an out-of-gas emergency (laughs) under control, and you're going, dudes. And then if you don't have buoyancy control and you don't have propulsion technique and awareness, you lose where you're at and you disturb and destroy the entire environment. Say you're inside of a wreck, even worse, but even in open water, you can destroy that environment, not know where you're at, get all turned around. And that's what you would find quite a bit with people that don't train that way. I mean, would you yeah, agree? Yeah, Do no, you see a, that? Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing is that they're going to take that mm-hmm. five-minute, nine-minute, 12-minute flight that they just did right? right in order to, to get gas. They get up to the surface, and they're like th- – their thinking is, well, th- that wasn't great, but we, we did make it up. And training at 30 feet, maybe. And training at 30 feet with full tanks (laughs) on your back with an unlimited gas supply virtually. At a tech dive. At a minimal tech dive level, 150 feet. You're here for this training right? because you want to do that. Mm -hmm. You want to move into that new world. Right. right? And when this happens at the very end, when you're really at that rock bottom calculation. Right. You you can't take eight minutes minutes to do something you've accounted one for. Not to mention the eight minutes have just added to your deco. Right. Right. Quadruple it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you you have to you have to get in the water always assuming and under the understanding of no matter what happens, you still have a dive to finish. Right. But if if that's your thinking is right, it's Mm -hmm. I have this ascent that I have to do Mm -hmm. to get out of the water clean, happy, going home to my family. Right. Right. And what I do on the bottom is dictated basically by the tools that I have to get me home. Right. That bottom time is only there because you have to leave the gas for your 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 ascent. Yeah. It's not I want one more picture. <laughs> right. Oh, the manta ray just swam right. by. You don't chip away at a scent at a scent uh, materials or resources so that you can have more bottom resources. If anything, it's verse visa. Correct. You chip away at the the dang bottom resources to have a scent resources if if need be. Well so, said. Well said. Anyway. Old Danny says in a number of accounts. Divers reported being out of air only to discover they could not efficiently share air with their buddies. This can result from either of two factors. One, buddies are not familiar with each other's equipment. Or two, the two have not recently practiced air sharing skills. So 
you're saying there's a benefit to having a uniform equipment and uniform training. There's a benefit to that. There's a benefit to that. Old Dan Orr is saying that, I think. That's how I'd read that. He's telling it to the entire industry back in 1999. Dude, he's a prophet. As in any sport, risks exist. The consistent application of proper pre-dive procedures will reduce the likelihood of divers experiencing a situation that would lead to a catastrophe. Some similarities exist between experience in other sports and scuba diving. Skydiving, for example. With either sport... You never want to run out of air. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's good, that's pretty that's, good. That's a good ending there, Dan. Yeah. Nailed that envelope. Yeah. That was um so that was a very cool and fitting and I think a lot more fun way to start the yeah. year off than talking about, hey, how how many minutes did you do on the old <laughs> treadmill today? What was your intervals yeah. uh for your uh your hit training? Yeah. Well, a little bit more apropos as well as we get into, you know, the new dive season. Yeah, and if we find some... The new year just means a new dive season. That's right. (laughs) There's a new season approaching us. Yeah, good. Good choice. Good choice, old Jamesy. I like that article. I really like the fact that it's from 1999. That really astounds me that basically everything he's talking about is everything we've talked about. We talked about it in the year prior in several of the incidents, as we already stated, but... We've been saying this for years, all of those things, the, the need for that reserve air supply and the how it's dictated, the, it really controls your dive, not the dive controlling the reserve air supply. It's, you know, don't put the cart before the horse kind of thing. Thank you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. perfectly said, yeah. So uh, perfectly, perfectly said. I think it's adequately. <laughs> <laughs> that envelope I'm looking for. Looking I, I was just going to jettison envelope. that goddamn <laughs> oh. statement. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, uh, I hope your 2020 is on to a fun start. The year of the ophthalmologist. There you go. I say. Remember that song, Year of the Cat by Al Stewart? No. You do, too. No. The year of the cat. Yeah. You do. You just don't know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Make up the song, okay. The Year of the Ophthalmologist. All right, everybody. Uh, we will see you <laughs> next week. And... <laughs> The conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jettison this conversation. <laughs> Let's sign, a, sign our, our logbooks here. Uh, Jamesy, a nice jettison on that dive. Stay safe. Um, okay, here, let, me, let me sign yours. Shit, I don't have a pen. Will you jettison that pen? <laughs> yeah. <over> <laughs> okay, everybody, see you next week. Safe diving, folks. It's like me saying, oh, my God, I'm ugly when I look in the mirror. (laughs) Nobody's going to believe. Nobody's Nobody's going to believe believe that story.